Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beer and Biceps podcast. Uh, today I'm supposed to be talking about uh, the five best fitness professionals to follow, um, but whilst I was planning this uh, podcast, uh, I realised that that's not much content, like how long does it take to say five names, and, and there's not that much to say about them. So what I thought I'd do is I would do that as uh, as a starter, and then I would talk about um, the use of habits for improving your nutrition. Anyway, so the five best fitness professionals to follow, um, these are just uh, people that I think, well, that I follow personally, but also I think that are actually quite useful for regular people to follow, but also quite, um, but, as, but also useful for um, fitness professionals. So what, what I mean by that is they're, they're good at giving good scientific um advice that can also be used by everyone not just fit pros so they're really good for both sides of it um well the first three are and then i've got two that are a little bit more aimed at regular people so um the first uh the, the first one i want to mention is uh sohi lee and uh she is um well she's got she's doing a doctorate now but she's also got um she's got a nutrition background um but she's also doing um a lot of mindset stuff, uh, really, really smart. Um, she worked with another person on this list and she's currently going out with a guy called Ben Carpenter, who I also think is really good. Um, but he hasn't made this list. Uh, I don't know why, really. I like Ben Carpenter. All right, maybe it's six fitness professionals. Follow him too. I guess he doesn't put out as much content as she does. Um, but I really like her. She's on Instagram. She's on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, I like the way that she, um, it's like she knows who she's talking to, um, and she gives quite realistic advice, so she she does a little bit go down the, you know, um, be confident in your body, be proud of your body, don't worry about other people, but she also gives useful advice for improving your body, so she goes slightly down that route of, um, oh, I, don't, I don't know what it's called, like the, the anti-fat shaming movement, or um, no, I even did a podcast on it, the anti-diet movement, but she doesn't go down that route, she just accepts that there are problems with the culture at the moment, but also that you know, many people still want to lose weight, and that's not a bad thing. So I, I, I quite like. I think she balances it really well. I think both, both opinions are correct, but I think she, she does a good balance of the two. Um, the next person I'm going to mention is Lane Norton, uh, who, so he has worked with. Um, he's, I like it. He's very. He's a lot more con- uh, confrontational. So he's had a huge, running argument with um, several people um several people who if i was doing a list of who you shouldn't follow um i would name but i'm not doing that list so that doesn't mean that means i haven't researched them and i can't remember their names um but he's he's very good he's um very american um you know sort of brash um intelligent uh in your face sort of attitude i quite like it um but he's also he's done um natural bodybuilding and he's done powerlifting, and he's a got a doctorate in exercise physiology so he really is an amazing combination of the two you know the anecdotal gym-based knowledge 
and also the scientific side of it. And I think lots of people are like that. I'd like to, I hope that I'm that side of it as well. But um, he has more experience in both sides, the theoretical and the physical sides. So, yeah, I, I've, I've bought a lot of his products over the years. I've read a lot of his articles. Oh, yeah, I like him. And uh, I think he's good for regular people to follow. And I think he's good for fit pros to follow. Um, number three on my list, I've got Brad Schoenfield or Schoenfield, who I've mentioned way back. I remember struggling over that name um, in one of the first few podcasts. Um, he's much more science-based. Like he's, he's in good shape, but he's not like uh, competing in powerlifting or bodybuilding competitions. He's much... But like I've seen so many studies with his name on it, and when I see that name, it's like a... You know, like a gold standard, you're like, oh, well, if Sharon Field's done it, uh, then it's got to be right. So, it's same with sort of Alan Aragorn, um, who I'd also have on this list, but um, him and uh, Brad are very similar people, and I don't think most people need to follow both of them. But um, if you are a regular person who wants to look at more the science behind what you're doing, he's very good at that. Um, and if you're a fit pro, you probably already know who he is, but also um, follow him. I, when I train, I use his book on muscle hypertrophy, but I don't think you should use my um, physique to judge Brad because that's not fair on him. Um, his book works. I'm just lazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, his, uh, I think his, his he's got two two books. But I mean, it's the Max Hypertrophy Program or something like that. Max Muscle Plan. It's really good. Um, and a lot of my programming is definitely influenced by that. So um, when he does workouts, he starts off with the first few weeks on very high reps. And then the next, so like for a set, maybe like a month or so. And then the next month, it's um, slightly lower reps and heavier weight. And you go down. There's changing up of exercises. So it's not literally the same exercise each time. It's the same movements, but then you're just getting... Um, heavier heavier in weights and lower lower reps until you're doing like you know two to three reps per set on a really heavy weight um, and then you start back at the beginning on the high 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 reps and low weight but it's a slightly heavier weight so you're constantly progressing so I really like that training style it it makes sense to me um, and even though he said that you know he wrote that like almost 10 years ago now so he said there's lots of stuff now that he probably would change but that's always the case with any program that science is always outdating it as soon as it's published um, sometimes even before but that's it's a really good program and, and I would recommend checking it out especially I think you might have done an update since then um, so that's the first three uh, most of them are all quite science very science based um, all of them American too so number four is a bit of a controversial one uh, if this podcast had been done a year ago I'd have just called him a bellend and moved on, but I'm going to stick um, James Smith on it, uh, who's a in no way related to me, Matt Smith. Um, but you know that's not his fault. Uh, he's 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 a smart bloke. He's probably I'd like to think that I've roughly ran the same sort of knowledge as him, but he is so much more confident than me, so much more um, charismatic, so much more. Um, uh, whether the the opposite of uh, and he's so much more extroverted but yeah maybe smarter than me too he's certainly uh, much much more successful than me um, 
but yeah, he's, I think he's a really good bloke actually. I've um, I've changed my mind on him a lot. I didn't like him pre-lockdown, like so you know in 2019, I didn't like him. He was very dismissive about home workouts, like just massively, so they were completely shit. And that was around about the sort of time that I'd sort of gone, so you know what, they're probably quite good actually. So I was just fundamentally disagreed with him on that. And then um, since then, lockdowns happened, and obviously. He's had to change his mind. Um, yeah, maybe he hasn't, but you know, he um, certainly doesn't bang on about how shit they are anymore. Um, and I quite, I quite like that he sort of changed his mind, and you could see that happen, which I think is a really good thing. Um, I also quite like his rants. I think are quite funny. Um, yeah, I think if you want to be entertained by someone who definitely knows what they're talking about, then James Smith is a very good uh, fitness person. Then again. You've probably already heard of him, so maybe that's not too useful. Um, the fifth person I'm going to stick on is uh, Lucy Mountain. Um, I, in fact, like um, in season one, I, uh, season three, episode one, so the first episode of this season, I sort of had a mini rant about her because um, I find a lot of the things she does quite annoying. Um, but I also think that um, I am not her target audience um, and that... Her target audience is young women who maybe have suffered from eating disorders or, you know, are worried about how they look or have very low self-confidence and stuff like that. And her entire thing is building people's confidence up, helping them train in a positive way. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so I did I didn't slag her off. I, in fact, even in that episode, I was really quite complimentary, but I disagreed with her on a lot of things and I still do. But I think she is excellent. I don't think she's um, she's not as scientifically sound as the others. Although she that that doesn't mean she's not. She's clearly very intelligent. Um, but I don't think. I think fundamentally, I disagree with her on some of her conclusions, and that you know, I did say that. But I also think that she's really entertaining. So yeah. Um, I think if you are a woman listening to this, um, then that's awesome because I can't think of a more blokey bloody conversation um, than beer and biceps. But and that's um, I know there are women who love beer. Uh, I don't know that many women who love training biceps. Uh, so if you are listening, fantastic, um, and you should definitely listen to her as well. Um, yeah, and she's really good. Right, so those are my five. Um, can't believe that's taken eleven minutes. I can really spin this out. <laughs> Right, so, um, yeah, I said I'd also talk about um, creating nutritional habits. So I finally passed my precision nutrition qualification in January this year. Um, and since then, I've been doing a behavior course and um, other stuff with precision nutrition because I quite like their, the way they do their tests and their qualifications. I like I'm very definitely drinking from the Precision Nutrition Kool-Aid right now um, and it is costing me a fortune because they know exactly what to say to make me spend money on them. Uh, <laughs> but one thing that they sort of talk about and I've sort of, I realised that I sort of adapted it to to something that suited me more and in a way I've kind of taken it so far from what they actually originally intended that now it's kind of just me. So if I screw this up, then I wouldn't blame them. But what they talk about is instead of, um, when you start a diet, most people 
make changes to absolutely every single aspect of their life. You know, it's um, right tomorrow I'm dieting. So I'm going to get up at 6am, even though I normally get up at 8. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to cut out all, you know, all bad food. I'm going to have good breakfast, good lunch, good dinner. I'm going to drink seven pints of water. I'm going to take all these supplements. I'm going to do this. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of changes to your life. You're basically turning your life upside down. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. There are some people who need that sort of life flipped up sort of thing. I've definitely got clients and have had clients in the past who fit that sort of way of thinking. And there are some people who need that. They need to change everything. Um, and it's the only way they can do it. If, if they do less than that, they don't, they don't feel motivated and they do nothing. So... That's how I used to train everyone, and it used to work really well for some people and really bad for others. Um, so, what they have sort, what precision nutrition has sort of taught me is that instead of trying to change everything at once, change one thing a week or two things a week, um, and it's made such a difference. I'm, like with my coaching now, I've. Um, I get I check in on people's progress daily. There's they've got an app and they sort of say, Oh, you know, I say, you know, do this job um and give yourself a score at the end of each day if you've done it or not and they do that and I can look at it. And the uptake has been incredible for people and it's continued for much longer than it used to do when I try the all everything at once approach. So now I'm just getting people to do one or two changes. Um Normally, the first thing I do is get people to change their breakfast. Um, so, you know, what you'll notice when you look at people's current diets, when, when they, you know, they, they say, look, this is my bad diet that's got me into this position I'm in. So it's not a good diet. And you look at it and you go, OK, the first thing I notice is protein is much lower than it should be. And the second thing I notice is they're not eating enough fruit or vegetables. And then the third thing I normally notice is they're not drinking enough water. Um, I used to not be that fussed about drinking water, by the way, until I actually started being hydrated. And I was like, oh shit, this is this is what life's like when you actually aren't chronically thirsty all the time. So now I'm definitely a big fan of um, getting enough water in during the day. Um, that being said, I think some people take it way too far um, and they're, they're just silly with it, like... But I'm not going to get distracted with uh, talking about hydration. But anyway, so normally I notice that those are three things that stick out immediately. And then the more I... Because they, like, they sell out, send in a form of all answering all these questions. Um, so I notice the big things. And then I look at all the hundreds of other little things that we need to do. But if we did everything at once, you know, it would overwhelm them and they'd just do a bad job there. And it'd be, that, it'd be me setting them up to fail. So instead I go, okay... Let's make one change this week, or if I'm feeling quite confident, or you know the changes don't need to be that big, maybe we'll do two. I think the most I've ever had a client do in the first week is three, um, and one of them is just drinking water, which is pretty easy to do. But yeah, so you get two or three things. Um, I say, right, so we need to get you to have more protein, we need you to get you more fruit and veg, so at the moment, what's your breakfast? And they'll say, oh, it's... Um, you know, cereal and milk. Okay, so at the moment there's no protein in that, there's no fruit and there's no veg. So if you're only eating three meals a day, your first meal, 
you are missing out on most of the things you need. So you're putting more pressure on the rest of your day to catch up. So let's make a rule that every breakfast you have this week has a piece of fruit or a vegetable. Um, and let's also make another rule that every breakfast you have has some protein. So I, to be honest, if you look at my clients now, almost every single one of them is eating the same breakfast because it's the easiest way to do this is to have Greek yogurt, which is high in protein, um, with fruit, which is fruit, um, and then maybe a protein shake on the side. It depends on what their goals are. It depends how much they like protein shakes. Um, and the, re the reason I do that is it's hitting off both targets in one, one meal. You're getting your fruit and you're getting your protein. Um, also, it is ridiculously quick to do, and you can do it the night before. Uh, other things I've noticed are like overnight oats. That's a really good one. Um, eggs with vegetables. That's amazing, but it does... Some personalities will not suit it. Me, personally, I could do it if I was getting up at... 8am and didn't need to do anything till 10 but for me I get up at 7.30 and I'm walking the dog in at 8 so I, I just don't have the time to get it all done and a lot most people don't so I don't tend to do eggs but then I've got one or two clients who are like no that's fine I'll get up at 6 in the morning and scramble some eggs and have veg so yeah perfect because you've got your most people aren't eating enough veg so that's brilliant and then you've got the protein from the eggs um, so that's just one little one little task and I say to my you know my clients and people it sounds like a pretty easy one especially if you're doing the yogurt one you know that doesn't sound like you're going to be doing much you know and people say oh it doesn't feel like that much you know it's just having some yogurt and having some fruit and maybe a protein shake but firstly that's 33% of the food most people eat in a day if they have three meals maybe a little maybe 20% so Actually, that's quite a large part of it, considering how big a part nutrition plays in it. And secondly, to get breakfast for seven days in a row, you have to plan your meals out in advance. You need to prep your meals in advance, even if it's immediately before serving. You need to go shopping. You need to look at ingredients. You need to really think about you know what what is the right type of yogurt what is the right type of fruit that goes with this how long is the sell by date on this fruit you know all that sort of stuff you are actually actively thinking about what you need to do for breakfast so that's kind of the entire battle of nutrition and yeah it's only one meal and yeah the other meals are more difficult but if you can nail that in your first week think how much success you can make in 12 weeks and what Precision Nutrition say, I love saying this, so I want to almost coin it as my own, but it's not, is they want you to to make these tasks so easy that you couldn't possibly imagine failing it. And if you can imagine failing it, let's bring that step back a bit and make it even easier. So, you know, if, if that, you know, if I say, okay, ma you know, make yourself egg, scrambled eggs with... Uh, sauteed peppers and onions every morning with a nice cup of coffee and do it on wholemeal bread and you think about that and you go all right I can see myself doing that tomorrow because I'm super motivated but if I wake up late you know on a Thursday morning I can see myself skipping that 
And I just, so I do not feel confident that I'm going to hit that five days in a row or seven days in a row. So, okay, well, let's make this, you know, let's make it easier to succeed. What if you prepped all your meals the night before? What if that is your goal? So that when you wake up, it's really quick and you go, okay, yeah, I still think that I would struggle with that meal because, um, I, I, I need to have my house clean before I leave, so that means I'd have to do all the washing up, and you've got to wait for the pan to cool down before you wash it, you know, whatever. So, okay, well, let's make it easier. Let's change the breakfast. Let's make it simpler, you know. You can't have scrambled eggs on toast. Could you have a protein shake and an apple? Yeah, maybe that's not the, the best option. It still hits both our targets, though, and it's something you can build on, you know. Um, so that's that's the whole sort of idea of doing it through habits you're doing it every day and it's so easy that you can't fail then eventually that will become a habit it might take 20 days it might take 100 days usually it's closer to 20 um but once that's become a habit it becomes easier to do it than it does to not do it um one thing i also say to a lot of my clients is always have a backup especially at the beginning when it you are struggling so Having the protein shake is a good one because you go, okay, at, what's the absolute worst case scenario? You don't have time for breakfast. Why don't you always have protein powder in your protein shaker the night before? So the worst case scenario, you can at least bring that into work with you. Um, pour some water in from the work kitchen sink if you've got one or buy a bottle of water or whatever. And then at least you've got that one goal nailed, even if you have your breakfast late or whatever. But yeah, it's a nice simple goal and we build on it from there um they don't all have to be nutrition based either um so much of what i so much of what my coaching is is looking at sleep um looking at stress management i mean i'm not qualified to deal with your causes of stress um but you know if the advice is maybe talk to a therapist or maybe see your doctor or maybe you know download an app that helps with breathing techniques or maybe meditate or maybe go yoga or something like that you know that's the sort of stuff I feel comfortable saying um but that's so important um you know living a stressful life is you know is going to lead to chronically raised cortisol which can lower testosterone in men which can affect sleep which can increase appetite which can lead to increased body weight so you know maybe your goal is do 10 minutes of deep breathing before bed each night and it sounds like nothing but one it's actually very helpful and two you can build on it from there so you just go all right so we're just doing 10 minutes before bed and then two weeks you've done every single day you're finding it really easy well why don't you do 15 minutes or why don't you do a slightly more challenging task or maybe add in a yoga class you know on a saturday morning um whatever but yeah so that's the sort of way that I approach coaching now and you don't need coaching for, I mean please please for the love of god come to do coaching with me but you don't need that you, if you get the principle behind it so it's find out what you want to do most people say lose weight find out the best way of doing that and then find the easiest first step you can do no matter what you go okay this is you know, this task is really difficult, so let's bring that step back until it's really easy. Once it's really easy, look at it and go, all right, can I make that easier to the point where I could not fail at this task? So for me, with breakfast, 
I used to really struggle with that because I just couldn't be asked. So I got to the point where all I had to do, I said, okay, whatever happens, you're going to eat the yogurt because that's literally just putting a spoon into a yogurt pot and then putting that into a bowl. You can do that. Next step up is make sure that you've got the fruit ready. Next step up to that is, right, and adding a, you know, something to sweeten it. I, I use like a zero calorie syrup. Um, and then a step, if I could actually manage all that, then there's also having a protein shake. So that's my perfect solution is the yogurt, the fruit, the syrup with the protein shake on the side, take my supplements for the day. That's my perfect breakfast. But what's the worst case scenario? At least I'm getting one spoon of yogurt into a bowl and then feeding it to myself like a child. <laughs> so, okay. So that's what I'm talking about, habits, which was a lot more interesting than the fitness professional bit. I'll, to be honest, I wish I hadn't promised that in the last one. <laughs> um, so the beer that I've... Well, I haven't really been drinking much of it because I've been enjoying this conversation with myself on a Sunday night like a crazy man. Um, the beer that I've been drinking is the legendary Tanglefoot by Badger Brewery, which I'm fairly certain I drank with Todd in our first series and loved. Um, it's one of my favourite beers from one of my favourite breweries. I've always loved Badger, or I think the actual brewery is... Um, oh, it's so confusing. Woodhouse Brewery, I think it's called. Um, but then they say Badger, and then they also say Dorset Brewers on it. It's incredibly confusing. Um, but they're a very good brewery, and the first time I ever remember properly noticing them, they did a, a melon-flavoured beer, which was blew my mind this was like 2003 or 2004 when i had it and i didn't even know beer could have a melon flavor so you know huge huge moment um, i'm not sure they still do it um and if they do i think the name might have changed but yeah it was really good and i just really endeared me to that brewery um and then when i went to my first uh great british beer festival which was in earl's court and i think that was in 2006 i went um Inside Earl's Court, they'd built, like the Badger Breweries, had built their own fake country pub with, like, fake tree and, like, uh, seating outside it. It was incredible. It was the most impressive thing I've ever seen at a beer festival. And I've been to loads of beer festivals. I've even been to a beer and jazz festival, um, and this was by far the most impressive thing. And all it was was a playhouse for drunks. <laughs> but I loved it, and it was really cool. Um, so yeah, so Tanglefoot is a traditional golden ale. Um, yeah, um, it's just really nice. It's five percent. Mm. Yeah, that's no, seriously good. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting. Uh, no, they don't explain what you're supposed to taste out of this. Uh, just. A delicate pear drop aroma. So I'm assuming that a pear drop smells like a pear. Um, I don't know. I feel like I can spell pear, but I feel like I've just been led by their description. Like, and if it said tangerine, I'd be like, oh, great tangerine flavour. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's just gorgeous. It's a, it's one of the best golden ales I've had. Um, one of my favourite beers from one of my favourite breweries. All right, so next week I will be talking about uh, when to take your protein shake. Um, and spoilers, uh, it's any time. <laughs> no, but it, it will be more interesting than that, I promise. All right, see you next week.